Taco Bell has saved lives. <laughs> Everybody's bath has all pants and socks and a uh, 52-inch waist. Of course we're right there. And... <laughs> no, no, that's it, right? Yeah, I was gonna... Yeah, that's pointless, but I was gonna make a dumb joke. You know? <laughs> I mean, our, our name is like a paragraph, so... Yeah. <laughs> don't expect us to remember it. But we do remember to say that this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Uh, there's a bunch of ba- Batman Universe podcast as you may know uh a lot of them are specifically about comics or about robin or about steve jobs or about <laughs> <laughs> or about uh the other stuff right yes, right Tim? stuff there's the stuff podcast <laughs> that's the title well this is like the the red-headed stepchild podcast because like we we don't care about what we say on this podcast. Uh, we, uh, what do we do, Tim? Well, well plenty we occasionally we have random discussions on one or two episodes. That has nothing to do with Batman, right? <laughs> just a few times. Yeah, just a few, like one or two, right? <laughs> yeah, just one or two episodes out of our sixty-five now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to say this is episode number sixty-five that you're listening to right now. We made it to uh, retirement age, Tim. Yep, this is our last podcast then. <laughs> so we're gonna go off into the sunset, and probably die, uh, in a boating accident. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just be at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening, and we love you. Uh, I usually say that at the end, but I don't know why I'm saying it right here. So we <laughs> love hurt. you. Yeah, you well, can't hurt. Or love can't. So. Hurt. Oh. What do you know about love, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim. I guess we can start adding Forrest Gump to our random movies that come up. <laughs> Jaws and Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jaws, Jurassic Park, and Forrest Gump for like no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the only thing I didn't get about Forrest Gump was... Why? I mean, I I don't like the ending of that movie. You know why? Why? Because Jenny was supposed to be this great love, right, mm-hmm. for Forrest Gump. But then she only is with Forrest Gump when she has AIDS and she's dying. Mm-hmm. So like, well, and, and, and like, how many times did he tell her that he loves her, that he's or she's his girl, or whatever his words were exactly. But, like, oh, she's dying from AIDS now. So, it's it's, it's okay now. I can <laughs> <hate> you. <laughs> See, I haven't seen that in a long time, but 
was it because she got sick that she wanted to be with him or was it because she had the kid but she wasn't able to get in contact with him because he was running across the country all that time and wasn't able to like would she have been with him sooner when she had the baby but yeah but she had aids already right yeah, I don't know when she had it or how long after she had the kid was when she got sick. But yeah, it's because like you know she she went with that hippie guy, um, that that got knocked out but at at the uh, Black Panther, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. And then she was with that rock star. Is it like a rock star where she tried to kill her, kill herself? Oh yeah, she was with some people <laughs> in that scene. Yeah, there's a bunch of people, but. Um, and then, like, she's dying from AIDS, so now she she needs somebody to take care of her. So she's gonna go back to Forrest, even though Forrest, for like thirty years, was like Jenny, I love you. So you're saying it wasn't true love for them at the end. You were saying Jenny was just looking out for herself because she knew Forrest would take yeah, care of her. Yeah, it was kind of like a <laughs> it was kind of like kind of a relationship of convenience. Mm. You know, it wasn't true love. And and how does he know that? Um, the kid from The Shining is really his kid. I mean, not The Shining. I was going to uh, say, he's Sixth not that Sense. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how does he know the kid from The Sixth Sense is his kid? <laughs> Did he get a paternity test? Does he even know about paternity tests? <laughs> um, does he know that he's the father? I mean, how does he know that he's the father of that kid? Because he could be... T- like, Jenny could have said, here's your child, right? Like she does, right? But... It couldn't. It might not be his kid. It could be a kid from a previous relationship that she's trying to find a home for. Because she's dying from AIDS, right? Yeah, you're putting this whole negative spin on the movie that I've never thought. Oh, no, of I'm just saying, like, it's all possibilities. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> then they never got a sequel. Yeah, they never. I got think there was a, a sequel to the book, but the movie yeah. obviously never got made. Yeah, who reads books then? <laughs> well, it's not too late. If Dumb and Dumber is getting a sequel 20 years later, then maybe Forrest Gump could. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's yeah. our uh, Forrest Gump topic for the episode. <laughs> that's got to be our new weekly thing. Or episode, yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump discussion. <laughs> we got to talk about Jurassic Park. We got to talk about Star Wars. We got to talk about uh, Jaws. Now we got to talk about Forrest Gump. <laughs> got the short end of the stick <laughs> in the end of that movie. I mean, I know it's supposed to be like uplifting and heartwarming. It is a sad ending, though. But yeah, I like, mean, Jenny died. Too sad, sad out of it. You're probably going. That's what she did get to deserve <laughs> for treating well, Forrest I, like that. I'm not accusing. I mean, I'm just accusing her of it. I'm not saying that she did do it. Oh, okay. So you want to have a trial? <laughs> yeah, I want to have a trial. I want to get all of this sorted out so that. I can have a definitive ending for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Was, how about we talk about another movie? And uh, let's talk about The Dark Knight Rises. More specifically, how about we give our commentary for The Dark Knight Rises? Yes, yeah, so I don't think Tom Hanks and Haley Joel Osment's going to make an appearance, though, in yeah. this minute-by-minute commentary. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that guy's career? Haley Joel Osment. He does voiceover. He does the right, character yeah. in the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, oh no, wonder. <laughs> no wonder we haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> He's going to be in the new <laughs> Kevin Smith movie, though. Uh, Husk, I think. Or Tusk. Oh. oh, the one about the walrus? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but isn't that kind of like a B movie kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to have a big uh, premiere or do a big number at the box office. <laughs> well, I know he was in the um, one with the lions, movie with the lions. Uh, Madagascar? No, no, no. Uh, this is uh, live action. Oh. Uh, what is it called? Uh, well, anyway, he, and he was in uh, Pay It Forward. If you say so. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that? Yeah. Uh. I'll have to start my Haley Joe Osment uh, movie marathon then after this. <laughs> yeah. Starting I mean, he, Forrest Gump. He, he's, he's got to have made some crap, right? I'm sure he has. <laughs> like, like, like after The Sixth Sense, like he was like the hottest thing in Hollywood. And then... Oh, you know what? He was actually in an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. I only know that because of old Conan episodes where we'd play random yeah, clips yeah. from Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one he falls off like the ladder? Or no, something? <laughs> that <laughs> one's the funniest though. His famous one was where he goes, he's all smiling, but he just all of a sudden goes, Walker says I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And he played a kid that had AIDS? Apparently. <laughs> he said so in that clip. Okay, he, he, here's his uh, filmography, okay? Uh, his first movie was Forrest Gump. Uh, he was on the Jeff Foxworthy show. Uh, a Sixth Sense, Sixth Sense, of course. Uh, Pay It Forward. He's a family guy. Another voiceover, obviously. <laughs> oh, he, he was an AI. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That uh, Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. That wasn't, that didn't get good reviews, right? Yeah, I've heard mixed things on it. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it, though. He was in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, too. The straight-to-video <laughs> Disney one? <laughs> yeah, probably. He, he was nominated for a Young Artist Award for Best Performance in a Voiceover Role. And, he, yeah, he was in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, Secondhand Lions, that's what it's called. I didn't even heard of that. <laughs> Jungle Book 2. He played Mowgli. Oh, wow. All the <laughs> straight-to-DVD sequels. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts 2. Home of the Giants. Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Kingdom Hearts Rechain, Rechain of Memories. There's going to be Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Probably. Kingdom Hearts 358 slash two days. It's actually three, how is it? 352 over eight days or something like that. It's pronounced. Oh, 35 and two eighths. <laughs> <laughs> but there's probably Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Yeah. Yeah, Birth by Sleep. Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Recoded. Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, that was the last one. Until Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. HD 1.5 Remix. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix. Coming out December 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference? I mean, what's the 1.5 and the 2.5? I mean, is because it like just new up, graphics or something? Yeah, updated to HD because of the original two games and they just updated HD with oh. new cutscenes, new weapons, stuff like that. Oh, I see. That's what the 0.5 is for. <laughs> so, so you pay f- full... The full amount for uh, it's only 1.5 like, to 2.5? <laughs> it's only 30 bucks. Oh. Well, still, that's a lot for... Well, it's better than the $60, which is the new standard price. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's going to be in that movie Tusk. 
that that's his whole filmography. Thank goodness we got that straightened out. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't continue on with the podcast without knowing that information. Oh, and he, he eats a uh, mostly meat free diet. <laughs> so he does eat he does eat chicken and fish. That's on his IMDB page? No, that's on his um his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> sure that's accurate. It's like how would you know that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean unless he mentioned it in an email or something. I mean uh, uh an interview or yeah. something. <laughs> how would that even come up? <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about gooder gooder. Gooder. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about gooder and greater things, all right? Uh, let's talk about The Dark Knight Rises, and let's give our commentary for it. So, Tim, are you ready? I'm all set. All right. So, uh, I'm going to give the countdown, so just queue up your stuff. And uh, uh, I'm going to give the countdown. So, uh, Tim, are you ready? I got my finger on the mouse, ready to click play. All right. Three, two, one, hit play. And maybe they should have got Haley Joe Osment to play this kid. <laughs> Even though he's much older, <laughs> you still do it, right? I don't see why not. I always thought though that scene was going to take place way later in the movie when Batman got uh, captured by Bane and he was missing. Yeah. <laughs> so did like, you that, even know? I was just going to say that kid even old enough to remember Batman. <laughs> yeah. Did you even know what was going on in this scene? No, not until we explained everything. Uh, yeah. What she trading sneak or Bruce Wayne's fingerprints for? Yeah, and it's it, it's like this guy too. Like I didn't know he was with Daggett. Uh oh, trouble's coming. Door's <laughs> locked. <laughs> oh wait, he's opening the door. It's too bad we're not gonna get to see it though. Yeah, let's see if uh, uh what's her name jumps in before the minute's over. Juno Temple. Yeah. And she won't. Nope. <laughs> Not this time. Ending with Daggett's henchman eyes shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the line, you don't count so good, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a great scene, though. I like that yeah. scene. I love how Anne, Hath- Anne Hathaway acts all scared <laughs> when the guns yeah. <laughs> She just screams at the top of the <laughs> Anyway, uh, at least we're making progress. We, we, we've, we've gotten to the 20th minute of the movie, so there's only like... 225 more. Yeah. The movie's like two hours and 20 minutes, or is it a full two and a half hours? I, forget. Cause we're... I thought it was like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, you might or Like be right. 40 minutes or something. Well, if we're editing the credits, we should almost be down to just at the two hour mark, I would think. So, yeah. We're slowly but surely getting there. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> Being the key word there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, Tim, why don't you give the good people at home, and they are good people, right? I would hope so. And I trust that they are. You're all They're good. not like Daggett's head fan. Yeah. <laughs> or the uh or that guy with the sniper rifle. I can't remember his name yeah, if right. he even has one. Bane's head we'll just call him Bane's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Does he die? Yeah, he dies. He gets shot by Foley at the end. Oh yeah, that's right. Walking yeah. way into the tumbling with Talia and he just gets shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't Tell quite have better, his death scene wasn't as good as Bob though. <laughs> yeah, Bob, my gun. <laughs> he shoots him in the head. <laughs> I think it was just in the chest, but so, oh. <laughs> so he's dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, why don't you uh, give the good people of this world um, our future topic for this episode? We'll do. 
And our feature topic is going to be our favorite shocking or surprising moments from the comics that we've experienced over the years. Just certain story points or just even a single panel or page that just, when you turned it and you saw it, you're like, what? Your mind was blown <laughs> over the years of Batman's 75 years history. So for me, I'll go in and start it off. I'm going to go chronologically as far as when I read it uh, and how old I was. So the first pretty much Batman comic moment that shocked me was... Back when I was probably like five or six, and it's the comic story I always usually go back to, one of the first I ever read, The Untold Legend of the Batman, where Batman confronts Joe Chill for the first time since he killed his parents. And he gives him that great speech where he's like, "There's a, I have a story to tell you, Chill, but this doesn't have an ending, but maybe you can supply, for, supply one for it. And then he starts telling him about Thomas Wayne and the murder and all that. And then the, there's that panel where, where I flip the page and the, Batman with his mask off and you see Bruce Wayne just yelling at Joe Chill saying I know this because I'm the son of the man you murdered I know because I'm Bruce Wayne just this dialogue just that image of Batman screaming or Bruce Wayne screaming at him with his mask off just in Joe Joe Chill in shock I just remember being a little kid was like what Batman just revealed his secret identity but at the same time it's so cool because this would be the perfect and maybe the only instance where Batman should do that to the person who killed his parents the person who made him what he is, the reason he's going out as a vigilante, <laughs> that would be the time to let this person know who you are. And just as a six-year-old kid being not fully, I guess, not knowledgeable of all of Batman's history and other comic stories out there, that being one of my first, it really left an impression on me where by the time we get to many years later, we see that Batman Brave and the Bold episode, Chill of the Night, I would just, I knew it was going to be somewhat based on that. I was hoping and hoping please have that moment where he takes off his mask and say that line, please say it. And he did, but which was cool, but it wasn't quite like pan, the perfect panel shot. Like it was in the comics. It was, it was good, but just that expression on Bruce's face when he said it in the comic, just really left a lasting impression on me and just being blown away by having to reveal his secret identity. So that'd probably be my first one as a six year old kid. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to say uh, Jason Todd dying. I remember picking up the uh, death in the family, uh, in the family <laughs> uh, trade, and um, I did not. I mean, I had a friend in uh, in school that told me that Robin dies, and I'm like, D- there's no way they kill they killed off Robin. And at first, I thought it was um, Tim Drake that they killed off, and I thought that I was reading the book. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that book had just come out when I read it. And what year so, did you read it, would you say? Like, uh, 99. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can see why you think it was Tim Drake. Yeah, yeah, it was like 99. And I, I remember thinking that it was Tim Drake that died because, like, if you look at the cover, it, it's just uh, Batman holding Robin, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, so Tim Drake dies? And then, you know, I read, I read the thing, and I'm like, who's Jason Todd? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never heard of Jason Todd before. And then, um, you know, you get to that page where his mom betrays him, and it's like, wow. I, for one thing, I, I can't imagine my mom betraying me like yeah. that, or any family member in that, in, in that sense. But, like, um, when you actually see uh, Joker, you know, beating the crap out of him with the crowbar and you know the giant explosion and then you see uh batman come back to that warehouse and you know carry him out 
that's when it really struck me. And I, I yeah, trust that I didn't re- have the phone number to call in the trade, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember reading that and I was like, so he's dead, right? He's dead forever. They're not going to bring him back. They're, they're, they're never going to bring him back, right? And they didn't until they did. Yeah. <laughs> he's got they a good 20 years. <laughs> until um, Jeff Loeb did, right? Was it Jeff Loeb? Well, Jeff Loeb was the first time he put the idea out there because it was clay yeah. but then Judd Winnick went, hey, that's pretty cool. I'm going to oh, yeah, yeah. come back. Yeah, so that was pretty shocking to me uh, the first time I read that. It's funny, though, what you said about Tim Drake because I pretty much had the same reaction when I first heard about that, but I thought it was Dick who was dead, <laughs> not Jason. The same thing. I never heard of him until that. Yeah. It was like one of those things, too, where you knew that Robin was dying because I read it like, probably a I'd say maybe two years after it originally came out in a trade that my cousin had, I just borrowed it from her <laughs> to read it. <laughs> it was like, eh, okay, so there's another Robin besides Dick Grayson. <laughs> so yeah, I, not I, too I, down I now. Knew, yeah, I only knew of uh, Dick Grayson and Tim Drake. Yeah, I didn't know that there was a Jason Todd until you know I read Death in the Family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gotta say those those uh, four covers for those. Uh, Issues of some of my favorites out there. I just love the the one with Joker, kind of like tuxedo and the top hat, <laughs> and then yeah. there's that one with Robin kind of getting blown up. Those are all four <laughs> of those covers are real great. Yeah, that's what I like about um, like old covers. There's so much going on in them sometimes. Yeah, and and you really see that nowadays. It's usually just a stark image. I mean, especially like if you look at uh, Snyder's Batman. Or his detective comics is just like you know stark background, black background with Batman there. Mm, yeah, you know <laughs> some of them work, but I know what you're saying. How yeah, they're just not like they used to be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and like you know you can you know find an old comic and then there's so much going on in it. You can look at the bottom corner and there's like some stuff going on over there. And um, oh, dang it, Tim. <laughs> Uh-oh. Angels I'm take a two nothing <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a depressing podcast for Dane unless Oakland does something. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very depressing and I will I will just be sad. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like you, you can look at the like the bottom left corner and there's something over there and you can look at the total other side, you know, the top right corner and there's something going on over there and it's, it's just like it's really neat to look at, you know. Yeah, as long as it's not one of those covers that's like has nothing to do with the actual story, then yeah, it's good because those are the covers I hate the most. The ones that are just different for being different yeah. have nothing to do with the story. Yeah, me too. But, or the selfies cover. Yeah, <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> Don't get me started on those. Yeah. But probably my second choice was going to be from probably the second Batman storyline that I always go back to, <laughs> Nightfall. But it's not going to be probably the moment most people are thinking of which is where Bane breaks Batman's back in part 11. But it's actually the issue after that in part 12 in Detective Comics uh, number 664, where the very first few pages you see Bane just having Batman on, on a building and Batman's he's holding Batman over his head. He's yelling at Gotham, like, this is your protector here, take him. And then he just throws him off. Batman gets like, as he's falling down, he hits different levels of the building until he just falls on the street and this blood on the ground is knocked out. Well, he looks like he's dead. It's almost like, how can he survive that? I just remember being, 
not only shocked at that happening to Batman, just how he's beaten up, but at the same time, I knew he wasn't dead yet. And just thinking, man, he could survive that. He's the greatest superhero ever. I mean, that was around this little bit after Superman died. I was like, this is why Batman's so much better than Superman. Superman got killed by uh, by uh, having a fight with someone, but Batman gets beaten up, his back broken, then he gets thrown off a building on the street, and he still survives. Like that's why he's the ultimate hero. <laughs> and ever since I was a little kid, that sequence of panels and those first few pages of Nightfall Part Two <laughs> or Part Twelve just I always left an impression on me just for that reason. Like Batman can handle anything that's thrown at him, even if he's falling off a building and getting beat up and his back broken. It just as a little kid really left an impression. It's like, yeah, nothing can stop Batman, not even this. <laughs> I just thought that was really cool at the time. And it's always uh, a panel where I go back and look at Nightfall sometimes. Just, I just stay on those pages a little bit longer and just look at it and just bring it back to those memories. So that's another shocking moment, not only for what happened to Batman, but just the feeling it gave me how nothing can stop him, not even that, and getting beat up so brutally. Um, so for me... Uh, can I just say uh, Dick Grayson's ponytail in Nightfall? <laughs> I mean, that's a thing of beauty. And it takes, you know, time to grow something like that. And I enjoy his commitment to it, even though that's a totally outdated look. How long did he have that ponytail for? Wasn't it only Nightfall? I think he had a little bit in afterward, like with Prodigal and all that, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had it in Prodigal. Because I remember that cover where he's holding the bat suit. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better than the, the mullet that he had. Yeah. As Nightwing and part of the Teen Titans. Uh, but no, for me, um, my actual choice is going to be... Um, it's going to be the Killing Joke. It's going to be... Uh, the, there's like one little panel. It's like barely... It's the panel right before they go to the first flashback. Where... Um, uh, Joker is at the uh, amusement park. He just shocked the guy with the whatever, mm-hmm. and he um, it shows his reflection in like a glass case, like a fortune teller's case. Uh-huh. And he, I don't, he, he just has a look on his face where it's like, is there? You almost see humanity in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> is that a little piece of humanity? Is he actually thinking back on his past and feeling sad about it? And, you know, of course, we go into the um, the whole flashback where he tries to become a stand-up comedian and he fails at it and, you know, he yells at his wife. And to me, it's, it's, it's what makes The Killing Joke so great because I think some people miss the point because they get lost in, you know, the gender politics and everything. I think it's about, you know, or, or what I think Alan Moore was trying to you know, say with that book is this man does evil things and he shows it to us at the amusement park and, you know, with, um, with, with Gordon and with Barbara, right? He does all these evil things that are unforgivable, unforgivable, right? But then he does, Moore does this thing where he goes back on it and like he says, but this is where, this is the, this is what made the Joker, the Joker, you know, possibly. so he, he's asking you, <laughs> yeah, well, possibly he, he's asking, what I think is he's asking you a question. He's not, you know, doing anything else, but asking you a question like, I mean, can you forgive the Joker for doing all these evil things because he had such a bad past? You know, he lost his wife, you know, he um, left his good job and, you know, tried to become a stand up 
stand-up comedian and he failed at it, you know, he became the Joker. That's what makes, I mean, to, to me, that one little panel is the key to the killing joke. But maybe I'm just oversimplifying things, you know. <laughs> no, that's a pretty cool outlook on it. Cause it yeah, could have just gone the easy way and say, "Oh, when Barbara Gordon got shot, that was shocking." But no, no, you took the more interesting route. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but the stuff I never really thought about that one panel. But yeah, you're right. That's part of the thing where even though you don't know if all that story is true, it's still the possibility. Well, it could be, and the Joker could just be someone who had that one bad day. Yeah, and so you know, Moore is asking a question: is you know, here's what happened to him, but does that, but can you forgive him for doing all of these evil things because he had a bad past? Yeah. You know, but like I said, maybe I'm just oversimplifying things and maybe it's this big argument about ge- gender politics and Barbara <laughs> getting shot and, you know, that it's so dark, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. But to me, it's essentially the, the entire book is a question. I don't know what the answer is, you know. I, I, I can't answer it. I mean, does shoot, shooting somebody and paralyzing them for the rest of their lives and, I mean, emotionally scarring Commissioner Gordon in that amusement park, and, you know, all these things that the Joker has done, you know, kill Jason Todd, right? Does, can, can I forgive him for that? I mean, I, I don't know. And I can't answer that for you, right? I mean, I can't tell you that. Yeah. Yes, it's justifiable because, you know, he lost his wife. He lost his job. He got horrible scars all over him and turned a different color. You know, I, I can't answer that question for you. But, you know, for me, I, I don't even have an answer for myself because it's like, yeah, if I lost my wife, I lost my job. I lost my baby who wasn't even born yet. Yeah, that's what um, like, I think makes the killing joke so great because even that's the point of the story of Joker's origin. He doesn't like it if that's even true or that classic line. I prefer an origin story to be multiple choice. And just the fact that it leaves you with so many questions. You can, if you want to believe that, that's cool. And if you want to have this yeah. viewpoint or take on it, that's cool too. It's so open-ended, which makes it good. This fits the character of the Joker so well. So that's another reason why it's such a great story, like like all the reasons you mentioned. So, Or what else you could say is maybe his past is so bad and so traumatizing to him that he picks and chooses what he wants so maybe his wife did die but maybe he killed her or something you know, ah, you know that's, that's an interesting like good theory, maybe dude. he's just picking you know certain parts and changing the story yeah you know so i mean i don't know how we got into this large this big conversation about <laughs> the joker and his uh morality and you know stuff like that but to, to me that's like the key panel to that book it's it's that one little image that really springs forth that question. But well, uh, now when I flip through the Killing Joker, read it, and I see that panel, I'm always going to be thinking about that now, which yeah. I've never had before. So I yeah. got to thank you now for that. <laughs> yes, you're welcome, Tim. I um, I'm a master of knowledge. If you <laughs> didn't know that, but um, yeah, to me, Killing Joke is just a giant question on whether or not you can forgive the Joker for what he's done, not you know, the Joker shot Babs or the Joker did this, you know? Yeah. You went a little deeper with that answer, so I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to keep it on the Joker theme, I got two more, and they're both going to revolve around the Joker. So my next one is going to be from No Man's Land, where he actually kills Sarah Essen in that, uh, one of the final issues. And that really took me by surprise. And it's one of those... That was brutal. 
Yeah, because yeah. Like, yeah, sure, things are awful in Gotham because of the earthquake and the different factions going on. But Gordon always had Sarah Eston there to get him through it. And he he was more happier than even despite that all of the stuff that was going on in Gotham during that time. And this is the way the Joker did it: the capturing the orphanage kids there, and then Sarah going to save him. But then this is how just that panel too, where she's not even looking at him; she's kind of just holding the baby with her head down. And the Joker. He looks serious in that shot too, where he's not smiling or has a grin on his face. He's had a serious look as uh, after he shoots her, and he just walks away to see her body on there, but blood dripping out. It's like a image of a Joker killing someone that you don't see too much. Where he almost looked uh, upset about it or disappointed about it that he had to do it. It's just weird. But then, even after that, when Gordon confronts him, and then you're just like, Gordon's pointing the gun at him, telling like. Don't don't shoot him, don't do it. But like you're kind of wanting Gordon Gordon to like to pull the trigger, but then it pretty much does the next best thing where he does shoot him, but it's in the leg and he's just like, I think was it in the leg or in the knee? I I forget where, but it's it in the knee. I think. Yeah, it's somewhere he probably couldn't walk yeah. again, even though he does. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> yeah, you want because you wanted Gordon to do something to him for what he's done, not only for Sarah but for Barbara. What we talked about the killing joke, so. This stuff that surprised me when I first read it, not only the murder, but then what Gordon did afterwards. This wasn't just, okay, taking him to jail, putting him back to Arkham, but Gordon got some type of small revenge, I guess, in a way. It's not going to make him feel any better, but at least Joker got a little more than he usually gets when he gets captured. So this is the whole sequence of how that played out. It was kind of really surprising moment after it looked like things were going to be good in the end for the heroes and the No Man's Land story. So that one has always stuck out to me, too. What's your other one? And my other one is going to be a little more recent. This is going to go back to Grant Morrison's run from Batman and Robin. And it's going to be where we got the big reveal that Joker was actually Oberon Sexton. And man, I couldn't tell you how shocked I was when I first read it. I'm so glad. <laughs> it's one of those things where I didn't get spoiled on. I just remember flipping the page and Dick's having that conversation with Sexton in that hotel room or whatever they're at. And he's like saying he's figured out who he is, but it's not. He didn't, I didn't get a hint of who it was until I actually turned that page and I see the Joker's face. I that was like a little mouth open, mouth dropping moment for it. Like what? <laughs> like I did not see that coming because the big thing was that oh, this is act, he's actually Bruce and he's just hiding his return a secret from Dick and Damien. But I had no idea it was going to be the Joker. This that's just so good when you get that. Uh, reveal when you're not spoiled on it, which is rare nowadays. And something big like that, I was so happy I was. I just remember after I read it, after like processing, it, I just go into to my brother like, "Have you read Batman number twelve yet? Like, have you read this?" <laughs> no. Then I was like, threw it on his bed, like, "Her, read it now." <laughs> like, you gotta read what happens. It was just a really cool moment to get that reveal, and what happens uh, afterward played out really cool too. But just the fact that I wasn't spoiled on it, it was such a neat twist that I didn't see coming. Because also, it was also cool because Oberon Sexton helped Batman and Robin on certain uh, cases that they were doing during those issues. So just the, when you go back and think about it, Dick was working with the Joker. They're actually helping each other, working as a team. It was just so weird when you think back on it now, knowing that. But it's just part of why it makes it so good to me. So yeah, that was... I didn't love the panel too of the the artwork that was done, just Joker's face. <laughs> Everything just works so beautifully on that last page. So that one's probably the more probably the most recent shocking moment that left a depression on me. And so far, I don't think nothing's really topped it as far as big surprise twists in the new fifty two just yet. That one's still pretty high up there for me. Yeah. Uh for me, 
or, or my last one is like you a recent one i'm not sure if it's a real big thing but i remember it shocking the crap out of me but uh during uh scott snyder's um black mirror run uh when um james kidnaps uh barbara and he has that towel over her her legs and then he takes the mm. towel off and there's yeah. two knives in it oh, oh yeah God. <laughs> that, that, first it freaked me out second it shocked me and third i was like man this guy is good this this <laughs> writer is good <laughs> and messed up and i re- yeah that, that was pretty shocking i didn't expect that i mean luckily she uh didn't feel anything right yeah now she's walking again so and now she's walking <laughs> and hopefully her book is gonna get a little better yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. That was a surprising one when you first find that out. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this guy ain't playing around. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, this guy is super serious. And I thought Barbara was going to die. I mean, I thought he was actually going to kill her. But luckily he didn't. Or should I say luckily he didn't? <laughs> well, when you looked at some of the more recent encounters. Well, when you look at Bad Girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... um. Luckily, he didn't in in that issue, and um, I guess my final one is uh, it's not really shocking or anything, but it's the final page of uh, Brian Cumulator That Girl. Okay. It's the purple sunset, and you know uh, Babs and um, Steph are on the roof, and it's just, it's just a beautiful scene. I don't know who did it. I think I think it was uh, Dustin Nguyen, but uh, for me, that's I mean, it's a real small one. Um, but it's it's really beautiful, beautifully drawn, and it's it's the perfect ending for that book, that the good bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, some titles got a good ending. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that brings us to the end of our future topic, right, Tim? Yeah, that was some of our favorite shocking, mind blowing moments. I guess you could say <laughs> <laughs> our mind blowing moments. Sorry, I went so long on that killing joke thing. No, it was good. <laughs> Um, but but anyway, um, you know what? I'm just gonna blow through these news topics because I mean we're not really a news sort of podcast, so um, really not that much anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason Fabok is the new artist on Justice League, so that should be good. A yeah, great artist. I will say this: I'm gonna miss Ivan Reese. He, he's awesome. Especially just what he does with pairs up with Jeff Johns for some epic stuff panels and sequences that play out. So, but Jason Fabok is good. So at least yeah. it's not like. I don't know who's a bad artist out there. <laughs> and he, he he took over for uh, David Finch, right? He took over on Detective. I thought uh, he took Dark over Knight. on um, on Dark Knight. Did he for a few issues? Maybe he did for a few issues. I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe I'm just. I mean, before the New Fifty Two. Oh, was, okay. Yeah. That I definitely don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the uh, Robin and Red Hood designs for uh, Arkham Knight have been revealed, and apparently it was a leak. Yeah, it's from the well, they revealed the Robin toy, <laughs> but I it looks to, exactly the same. By the way, I'm curious of what you think of Red Hood because remember on the last episode, or was it last episode? Maybe a few episodes ago, where there was that DLC announcement where Red Hood's going to get his own story pack, and he had the hood over his face, but you couldn't really see if he had his mask on. I was like, I hope he has a mask. That's the Red Hood trademark, and. Thankfully, he does. He has the hood yeah. and the mask, so I think it looks pretty cool. I'm not so sure about the the hood part of it and that jacket. It seems like that's a Robin thing. All the Robins have to have a hood in the game. 
Well, you know what? This toy doesn't look very good. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a bad angle or something, but the, the toy doesn't look very good. And I mean, I'm looking at the art on the, the left-hand side of it, and it, it looks pretty good. I like the jacket. I like the, you know, that body armor he's wearing. Yeah. I like the mask and the, the, the hood, the actual hood. Um, so, yeah, I like it. But so... that toy is, is ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe it's just the picture, but... So is this going to get rid of the theories that Jason Todd is actually uh, Arkham Knight in the game, or is Red Hood in there to make you think that he's not, but then in the end he actually is? It's no, you see, what's going to happen is it's, Red Hood is going to be in the game, but it's not going to be Jason Todd. It's going to be somebody else. Uh. And Jason Todd is going to move up a step in management. and <laughs> got promoted. <laughs> he, he's going to get promoted um, and he's going to be the Arkham Knight. There's going to be Red Hood, Damien, maybe? <laughs> um, who's going to be Red Hood? Um, or Alfred. maybe the Joker comes back and he's the Red Hood. Going back no, to Alfred. Again. Alfred. <laughs> yeah. Alfred or uh, uh, what's the name of the Great Dane in, um, oh, in Titus. Rock? Titus, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> Titus. <laughs> Yeah, they should uh, make Alfred playable in one of these games. He's playable in Lego Batman, but how about for the Arkham games? <laughs> make Alfred playable. What's he going to do, though? Well, they could base it off like what happens, we'll get to in our comic reviews in Batman Eternal, with something that happens in Wayne Manor. Because, you know, he's a part of the MI6 military, at least in some stories he is. He has that military background. So Yeah, but he's also an old man. <laughs> he could hold his own for a little bit maybe and that's where the sequence ends in the game where he gets taken yeah. out but you're able to do some like investigating or stealth type missions or what would be cool is like you know how when Batman's out on the prowl and Alfred's back at the uh, bat computer uh, it'd be cool yeah. if you could do something with that or like Batman gets hurt so um, Alfred has to operate on him and maybe you can you know do the operating stuff there you go. They have like a little mini game yeah. like that. Like stitch them up or something. You know. I'm actually playing a game right now that has something like that, <laughs> where you're a metal. It's set in World War One, and you're a medical uh, like soldier, and the part of it is where you help wounded soldiers, and it's a little mini game where it's like a button time, quick, uh, quick time event sequence as you're healing them up. So maybe something uh, like that. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, that's a way to utilize him without, you know, making him <laughs> Red Hood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where we know the plot points and st- uh, stories for Batman versus Superman the movie, and now we're doing it for the Arkham Knight game. Alfred is going to be Red Hood. <laughs> yep. Maybe we should uh, put that up on uh, the BatmanUniverse.net. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Confirmed. Official. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of breaking news and official news and stuff like that, Apparently, uh, Warner Brothers implemented a no-joke policy <laughs> for their superhero films. And, like, I saw this on Twitter, and a lot of people were talking about it. And the only thing I could think was, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who gives a crap about Apparently, this? Apparently, a lot of people do, because it was a yeah. big topic for the last few days. And when I first saw it, I, I thought that headline was a joke. <laughs> like, you yeah. serious? They really do something like that? Now, I really don't think this is accurate or true at all because i think that'd be why would they really make a point to do that the studio so i don't know i'm just curious though as far as is that something you would want them to do or like you well you pretty much said it you who cares yeah i mean i i I just don't care i mean 
I mean, if they're going to say something, they're going to say something. But if they're going to joke about something, you're going to you're going to hear it in their voice or, you know, the, the article that you read or the tweet that you read is going to say, uh, you know, joking, you know, or some mm-hmm. something with the word joke in it. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, Plastic Man is going to be <laughs> Justice League movie that we're going to do next year. And, you know, this is official confirmed news. Yeah. Yeah, I will say though I kind of do prefer, especially I mean, Dark Knight Rises, and a lot of people criticize Man of Steel. Or I said Dark Knight Rises, I meant the whole Dark Knight trilogy, but Dark Knight trilogy and Man of Steel, and particularly Man of Steel, a lot of people complain that there was no joy in it. Superman never smiled, which he actually smiles plenty of times, but not enough jokes. But they had their moments, and I actually like it when the humor is toned down in superhero movies. I mean, that's just my personal preference. I mean, I love the Marvel movies too, but. For certain instances, this, the jokes just don't work for me, and maybe takes away from certain moments, especially in uh, Thor two. Those ones, just, that one stuff, like jokes were kind of just shoehorned in there to try to be funny. They just didn't right. land right. But then in a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, it works perfectly. So they had their place, and depends on the movie, I guess, the sequences that are happening. But for the DC stuff, I think they've worked well for what they've done so far. And if they really have a no joke policy, <laughs> like you yeah. said. I won't be mad at it because I I like serious movies. But at the same time, I know there are there is going to be jokes in there. No no superhero movie doesn't have at least a moment or a one liner or something that tries to get the audience to laugh. So there'll be stuff in there. So yeah, to me it's much ado about nothing really. But I just thought it was funny that it yeah. kind of caused this whole debate online. It's like a lot of people taking like um, <laughs> just taking it like offensive to it. Where like how dare they do this? Like how can they not have jokes? <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> no matter if they said the total opposite and let's have it be tons of jokes i think the reaction would have been even worse <laughs> so no no let, let's make it a comedy opera yeah <laughs> then people would start complaining but i don't know i really don't care or get why people are so up yeah, in arms about like, this but it's not going to make you not buy a ticket if it is going to be all serious <laughs> yeah i mean it's not it's not going to make me you know not buy a ticket i mean unless it's uh batman v superman the space comedy opera. You know? <laughs> then I'll care, but I, do I doubt they're going to do that. Though. <laughs> yeah. In the Watchtower well, satellite. Well, Superman goes into space in Man of Steel. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, out I mean, on like a mission or something for a good, oh. nice long sequence. But anyway, that's all of our news. So we can get into our uh, conversation with Alex and listener feedback. So uh, Alex emailed uh, the show or the uh, us or me or <laughs> I, I don't know I, I just feel weird saying he emailed the show because I mean that that just makes it Sense. not personal <laughs> so I was gonna say but, or does it make it sound too professional <laughs> yeah and, and we're far from that so. uh, I mean we just had like a 15 minute conversation on about Forrest Gump and Jenny. So. <laughs> and Haley Joe Osment. And Haley Joe Osment, where we went through his entire filmography, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a serious podcast, Batman podcast, go listen to uh, the Batman Universe. Oh, no, no. Uh, the, the comic podcast for the Batman Universe, because Dustin is really serious on that. I wonder if he was happy about the Warner Brothers uh, <laughs> potential no joke news. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that guy laugh. <laughs> I've never heard him laugh. I think he's chuckled a few times on the podcast. I think yeah. <laughs> it might have been rare, but he's chuckled. It's like super serious all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah. 
But anyway, no, we we love Dustin, <laughs> right? Yes, especially I don't know. Did you see his ice bucket challenge video? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he cracked a smile on that. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> I watched I, very closely on his lips. <laughs> now, did you see my ice bucket challenge video? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Where You're I was, in like your backyard. Yeah, where I was making these weird twitching faces because the sun was still out. <laughs> it was in a good spot. I kept blinking and making these weird faces. Oh, when I saw it, like, oh, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> Sorry for pulling the bucket of water on your head. <laughs> so, so is it actually cold water? Yes, I made sure it was cold. Oh, did you put it in your freezer? Uh, I can't say I did that. But <laughs> did you put uh, uh, ice cubes in there? Yes, I did. Oh, you did? It wasn't that much, though. <laughs> oh, just like two pieces in like a big bucket? Yeah. <laughs> it was like five or so. <laughs> but um, it did feel good, though, on that hot day. <laughs> yeah, it's hot right now. Maybe I should just do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> do Steam it on recording. Yeah. No, because I, I don't want to get electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> alarm is going off. Do you hear that? It's like an annoying alarm. Like a... Yeah. <laughs> a, a horn, like a blow horn or something. Oh my god! All right, it's somebody turned it off. But um, anyway, yeah. So so Tim did the uh, the Lou Gehrig's disease challenge, ice ice bucket challenge, and uh, Dustin did it. So um, I think a couple of other people from the Batman universe did it, right? Yeah, I know Donovan did it. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, he was more in the background, so he had it right. If the sun was in his eyes, you couldn't see him make any dumb faces like I did. <laughs> I was too close to the camera. <laughs> I guess you're lucky that like, when you when you cut off the video, it's not cut off where you're make a, making a stupid face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to start and end with a dumb face. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad it recorded. Imagine if it did. <laughs> did, um, did anybody else do it from the Batman universe? Not that I've seen yet. Oh. Should they have, but I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, let's get to Alex's email. Uh, Alex says, "Greetings, dynamic duo." See, I like, I like that, Alex. I like you, man. He has the best intros to emails. I know it's like <laughs> it's nobody proper. can talk. Yes, <laughs> and he gives us great nicknames. But uh, he says the episode was great, and I really enjoyed hearing Andy's thoughts. Yes, Corbin. I thought you and everyone so far has been great on the podcast. It's, it, it's weird how we're, we're becoming messengers, essentially. So we're e- Alex emails or says to tell Corbin this, <laughs> and then Corbin says tell Alex this, and then now Alex uh, says tell Corbin this. So, <laughs> One of those people who are mad at each other; they don't want to specifically talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he says, uh, yes, Corbin, I thought you and everyone so far has been great on the podcast. We got to find that one person who Alex won't like. Yeah, no. <laughs> who should we bring on? Oh, I know who, who we should bring on, but I'm not going to say his name. Oh, that's <laughs> <history>. <laughs> it begins with, a. Uh... no, I shouldn't say it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> if we're on the same wavelength, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it rhymes. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no need to say anymore. Okay. But, um, he says, uh, if you, if it makes you feel any better, bringing up the name of a specific Pokemon and discussing its strong determination may change that. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Yeah. Corbin, Pikachu yeah. will never be Darth Vader <laughs> or any Pokemon. <laughs> uh, 
but he says, uh, who, whoever chose the C-3PO Elmart for the podcast, bravo. I think that would be a hilarious DC Elseworlds <laughs> tale. Well, thank Tim, you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Tim, by the way. Uh, he, but he says, Tim, you could have used any Lenny quote when Dane was summarizing of Mice and Men, although maybe that would be too much of a stretch. Okay. Well, I got to remember that. If I need to do a Simpson quote, if you're doing uh, one of your uh, literature uh, lessons, <laughs> yeah. I have to, anything from Lenny, I guess we'll do. Uh, but he, he goes on to say, I was disappointed in your choice of putting Hugh Jackman's Wolverine over the comic book portrayal. Aren't they killing off uh, Wolverine? Yeah, I, mean, that, I think the title of it's Wolverine Dies or the Death of Wolverine, huh. but we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> so he's really literal, like Wolverine dies in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, yeah. <laughs> um, he says, uh, Wolverine used to be right there with Batman as my favorite fictional character, but when, that f- when the first X-Men movie came out, Marvel changed him to be more like Hugh Jackman. I like the short and grungy guy that worked in the background, away from his teammates' eyes. They made the rest of the X-Men far less competent in order to make him seem better, when he was usually the underdog of the team. Oh, well, he's dead to me now. (laughs) That's a little harsh, Alex. (laughs) Hugh Jackman's awesome. (laughs) He says, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm happy that the movie universe will have nothing to do with the Arrow or Flash TV shows. That's going to make Andy disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I tried so many times to watch Arrow, but I can't stand the acting and don't find the story interesting. Uh, Alex. (laughs) <laughs> Your email started off so good, but now you're dissing Hugh Jackman and now Arrow. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so not only has he stuck the knife in you, but he's twisting it yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, he's going to put salt over it. Yep. Uh, but he says, I haven't watched the pilot for The Flash, but the lightning gave me abs. Joke was enough. Smallville got very ridiculous at times. Uh, but I thought the acting was good and, and the characters were much more compelling, especially Lex and Lionel <laughs> Luther. Teach their own. Oh, and I just went to search for some Frank Miller interviews, and apparently I was reading all the nice ones. <laughs> you guys are right. I'll just say he's not as nice as a guy as I thought. I have read The Dark Knight Race again, Dane, but I blocked it out. I got rid of it as soon as I read. <laughs> okay, he's back on track with his good email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's slowly removed the knife, right? Yes, <laughs> not quite out yet. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> he says, uh, I'll. I was glad to hear the positive response to Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne look, and I agree he looks very close to the animated series. I was also happy to hear the love for Assault on Arkham. I hated Justice League War and Son of the Batman, so I was really worried about this one. Thankfully, it so 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 has he um he took the, the knife, knife go back in. He took the knife out when he said he liked Assault on Arkham, but put it back in when he said he hated Justice League War because oh. I really liked that. But then Son of Batman was disappointing, so. It's oh, okay. not out yet. It's not twisted, though. <laughs> Let's see if we can okay. pull it out. But he says, it exceeded my expectations and is easily in my top five DC animated movies. They did such a fantastic job with Deadshot that I was willing to overlook my distaste for Rocksteady's slash Paul Dini's Arkham Bane portrayal. One thing I have to disagree, disagree with you guys is in regards to Joker's voice. I don't think Mark Hamill works for every portrayal, and I much prefer a serious Joker like Heath Ledger's and the Dark Knight Returns version. I still love it, though. So, mm. is it in, out? It's almost out. <laughs> He's pulling it, but it's just not quite out yet. Uh, 
because Troy Baker's Joker was awesome and <laughs> just right under Mark Hamill. But I do agree with him about the Arkham uh, Bane portrayal. That's not one of my favorites. So <laughs> that's why it's close to getting out. <laughs> oh, so that's good. Yes. Um, but he has some questions, Tim. And his first question is, what kind of story arcs would you like for the heroes in the upcoming DC live action movies? Do you want them to have a complete story like the Dark Knight trilogy did for Bruce Wayne? For me, I kind of don't want it to be a complete story. I mean, if they're going to do a trilogy for some of their characters, at least you hope so for like ones like Wonder Woman, hopefully, again, another Green Lantern. But you kind of want a story that it feels complete in the end, but at the same time, open if they want to do more with it. Don't end it and like Dark Knight Rises did where Bruce Wayne wasn't Batman anymore. So I think to have an open-ended uh, ending, I guess, would be the perfect way to do it, in my opinion. Just so, because you never know what could happen. You might want to have more stories to tell later on. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to rewrite certain things or change certain things or reboot it if you just can't make it work in a sequel. Because I think they're going to have to eventually, pretty much this goes for all movie studios, they're going to have to take a break from this rebooting <laughs> everything every few years because they're going to have to just continue with what they got because it's not going to work every time. I think. Sony's finding out the hard way with Spider-Man with the Amazing Spider-Man series where <laughs> almost telling some of the same story beats over again isn't working. So, yeah, I would just like to have a, have an open-ended ending and have their stories continue if they need to. Yeah, I mean, there's... Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I don't hear anything. No, it's 3 nothing now. Oh. <laughs> you Bottom of the 6. <laughs> I thought you weren't looking to our comic book reviews. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm uh, just disappointed in certain things right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's no way that DC can do another reboot. Um, if anything, they're going to have to do the flashback thing, like the 89 Batman movie. Um, but what kind of story arcs, like actual story arcs, I'd like to see is um, what Marvel is doing, essentially. Um, you know, y- you have a story that's the hero's own story, right? So maybe Batman fights the Joker. I'm just using that as a generic thing right now. Maybe Batman fights the Joker, but there's elements in that movie that pertain to the Justice League movie or the fact that it's a, there is a Superman, there is a Wonder Woman, there is a Cyborg if those rumors are true. There is an Aquaman if those rumors are true. You know, just things like that. Um, the the characters don't have to appear in the story, but like, just like a, not a rep, more than a reference. Like, I wonder what's going on in Metropolis right now. Not not that that sort of crap, but like, <laughs> so <laughs> something something that connects them all together. Yeah, it cool. connects them all together, makes one big happy family, you know, <laughs> and and that also lays the seeds maybe for the Justice League movie or references the Justice League movie if the Justice League movie is already out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much if they copy Marvel, I'll be happy. (laughs) People might get on and say, oh, you're just doing what Marvel did, but that's worked well so far, so I want to see that for the DC movie universe too, so I concur. Yeah, and and thankfully, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing what Marvel is doing. And it's a good thing too because you know the first guy through the wall gets really bloody. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, they, just look at the look at the A's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they decided to use different metrics, and they got a lot of crap for it. And what happened? 
Well, what happened was the Red Sox took what the A's did and they won a World Series, the first World Series in what ninety something years. So now that's and, what and two more, <laughs> and two more after that. So and how many does Oakland have? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Hopefully, one this year, but it's highly unlikely now. But I get very, very depressed. That's, that's cheer you up again. <laughs> you yeah. Bad score now. <laughs> get you out of that rut. Uh, but uh, his second question is. What are your favorite covers uh, of the new 52? Some of mine are Wonder Woman 5 through 8, 23, 24, and Batman 31. Whoa. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll answer this question first. Okay. Any of the J.H. Williams covers from Batwoman. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> They're just gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous are, covers. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I'm going to go with uh, pretty much, I said this. Image has been one of my favorites since it first got revealed when we were going to get uh, Death of the Family. But the cover actually was a variant for Batman number 15. And it's that, well, I think it's a classic image now, but with Joker holding up his uh, cut off face, and you see this his like, eyes and his, smile, his mouth smiling in the background of the black uh, background there with his two hands holding up his face. I just love that image. It's so creepy and like fun at the same time it just it perfectly fits the joker and i think that's the perfect image to have like joker's return and especially this big storyline for the new 52 it felt it felt so appropriate so i love that image when it first came out and then when the variant cover came out with that image on there i had to get two issues with one with that and just a regular one because i just love that image so much and to this day it's probably one of my probably my the best cover for a new 52 issue on the batman front Maybe overall, because I just love it so much. It perfectly captures the Joker, the creepy, playful side to it. So I'll go with that one. But uh, Alex did have some good ones with the Wonder Woman ones, because she had some good covers too. Especially, uh, I think it was issue 23 or 24, but it's the one where it was, like, it was the face of the god War. But he has this big beard, and that's pretty much, it's so big, and this Wonder Woman's like standing in front of it, like standing over top of that big beard that he had. It's just a pretty cool image, and just a lot of it was like Greek god stuff, make for some cool covers. And The Flash had some good ones too, especially early on in that first story arc. So it was by uh, Brian Bucciolato and Francis Manipal. I forget which one of them did the covers though, but I know they were a good cover. <laughs> but still, oh. that Joker one, I don't think nothing's topped that one yet. I just love it so much. Yeah, and his uh, last question is, now, Tim, I want you to keep this under two minutes now. <laughs> okay. Being big Star Wars fans, what are you gentlemen looking forward to most in Episode 7? All right, let's start the clock. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see, I hope this isn't a cop-out or a cheesy answer, but I'm just looking forward to what new stuff episode seven is going to bring to the star Wars universe. I think story-wise it's going to bring us some new things that we never thought about before, possibly new ways that we're going to think about the force. And in particular with the rumors going around the origins of the Sith and the Jedi, that's a rumor going around where we may see that. And I really hope so. I think that's going to be really awesome. So, and then again, we're going to get the small things, new uh, Stormtrooper costumes and see how those look and just more cool designs that we're going to see, maybe cool new sh uh, weapons and, of course, new ships we're going to get. So I'm just really excited about seeing the new stuff Episode 7 is going to add to the Star Wars saga as a whole. And, of course, how can I be excited about seeing Han Solo, Mark, uh, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia again, and Chewbacca. So, yeah, all that stuff, but in particular, just the new stuff we're going to get in the Star Wars saga for Episode 7. So... 
I think that's under two minutes, so I'll leave <laughs> that. If you want to hear more, I got tons of podcasts. You can hear. <laughs> the saga continues. So, uh, for me, I'm gonna break it down into three things because we we gotta move on with the show. <laughs> we can't spend the whole show talking about what we look forward to in episode seven yeah, be because a we can long, long show. <laughs> yeah, we can, but we're not, unfortunately. Um, first one, the story, of course. I can't wait to see what they do with the story, the continuing story. Uh, two, the Falcon. Three, uh, Salacious Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. There could be a Kawakian monkey lizard on someone's ship or planet. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I mean, J.J. Abrams is a Star Wars fan. He's a true Star Wars fan. So, I mean, you got to have some love for Salacious Crumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just hope. He is. He did die on Java's sail bars, though. I hate to break it to you. Well, I'm not saying for certain he died. <laughs> it, it just looked like he died. He faked his death. Well, it has been told in EU stories, so now that that's legend. Now it's possible. Anything's possible now. Uh, he he faked his death. All right. <laughs> to 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 become to to evade uh, or to um, get off on his student student loans. <laughs> and to uh, to start a new life with his uh, with uh, Java's daughter. <laughs> we only know Java has a son. We don't know if Java has a daughter. You don't know that, Tim. You don't know that for <laughs> sure. So could have a daughter. Could have ran off with sliced noodles, maybe. Oh yeah, or he could he, he could have ran off with the um, the sarlacc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just never know, all right? Oh, man. You never know. There's a standalone movie waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, Salacious Crumb looks for love. <laughs> In all the wrong places. Rated R. <laughs> Rated R. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you, Alex, for your email. We always love reading your emails, man, so keep keep on sending those. Uh, we love you, man. D- don't don't for- ever forget that because... We don't want you being depressed because, you know, uh, we just want you to know that if nobody else in your life loves you, just remember Dane and Tim love you. You can always count on that, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we have an email or two emails from uh, Corbin, Corbin Dallas Poole. And speaking of Corbin Dallas Poole, I think we should do some Corbin's tweets. What do you think about that, Tim? We got to make up for... Missing those times, and he sent an email, so I think that was, was our pre-was-it, uh, pre-was- I can't even say it. Prerequisite. Prerequisite. I can't even talk. <laughs> um, but um, we should read his tweet so he doesn't complain. <laughs> he did his part by sending an email. Yeah, he did his part, so we have to keep up our part of the deal, right? Uh, so he uh, he says, or he has a tweet that says, saw an emu out yes. in service today. Didn't see that coming. I did just see the picture of the emu. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it was a little more close up, but I guess he didn't want to get so close. But, uh. Yeah. And I'm not sure what he's saying in this, this uh, tweet, but he says, I love how my dad knows it's lunchtime only because I give up on life. <laughs> what is he trying to say there? I love how my dad knows it's lunchtime, but only because I gave up on life. Yeah. Maybe because that's all he has to look forward to now. <laughs> I don't know. Please uh, explain it to us, Corbin. Yeah, please. Um, here, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, he says, hey, guys, what alcohol goes good with root beer? The answer is <laughs> Bailey's Irish cream. I thought Jehovah's Witness aren't supposed to drink. No, they could drink. Okay. Just got to make sure it's in moderation. Oh, moderation. Yeah. I see. Well, the Bailey's is pretty kind of like a hard al- hard liquor. See, I wouldn't know because liquor alcohol tastes awful. <laughs> I can't stand yeah. taste of any of it. <laughs> me neither, me neither, me neither. Don't. Trust me, Tim. Yeah, how would you even... That crap is disgusting. Beer bottles and cans I've wasted by a friend. So I'm here, have a beer, two sips. Like, I oh, get it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I can't really drink beer because I, I just don't like that bitter taste. Mm. So so what I do is I drink Guinness because Guinness doesn't have that bitter taste. Well, maybe that should be one I could try then. <laughs> yeah, try Guinness. Uh, yeah. Because... If, if you're like me and can't stand the taste of alcohol, if you can handle that, maybe. I... Well, I just don't like the bitter aftertaste. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, you sip it for a little bit. Like, oh, this isn't too bad. But then after, like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ugh. But like, uh, 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 Guinness doesn't do that. Sorry, I forgot the name for a second there. I don't know why. But... You just got to remember think of Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, Alec Guinness. But Guinness doesn't do that. And Guinness actually tastes kind of good. Well, I'll have to make a note of that then. <laughs> I mean, but if, you haven't, if you haven't dr- drank in a while, I would say, like, maybe drink half of a can. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's pretty – it'll knock you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been easy probably 10 years or so since I had a beer or any type of alcohol. Yeah, it's been, like, two years since I uh, I have – since I stopped drinking. And um, a couple months ago, I want to say, like – or maybe, like I – th- I think it was in uh, March – I couldn't go to sleep one night, and I have uh, some uh, whiskey that I've had for a little bit, and I uh, took a shot of it, uh, you know, j- just to put myself to sleep, right? Uh-huh. And man, that that knocked me out <laughs> like cold. <laughs> I slept through like two of my alarms. Well, <laughs> was it a work day? <laughs> yeah, it was a work day. Uh-huh. I wasn't late, but man. If you don't drink for a while and you drink hard liquor like whiskey, like Jack Daniels, man, don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't get the whole appeal of getting drunk and then all because of the whole hangover afterward. It does not seem worth it to me. <laughs> like, well, you see, I, I never drank to get drunk. I I, I I got I mean I drank just to feel that buzz, mm. you know. But, yeah, but all these people like goes to party and just wants to drink and drink and get drunk, and then just the next day afterwards, like see how miserable <laughs> yeah. people like throwing up afterwards, like that. Yeah, so I'm not an alcoholic. That's not why I quit drinking. <laughs> I, I have to make that clear to everybody for some reason because they're like, "Oh, why? What happened?" It's like, "Oh, n- nothing. I just I, I just don't like waking up and you know feeling." Disgusting. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you didn't fall off the wagon. <laughs> I didn't fall off the wagon. Or but uh, Corbin says, uh, "Oh, the one right below that. It says, hey guys, what alcohol goes goes good with root beer? But he doesn't have that bottom part. So uh, I guess you found the answer. He's got to stick with root beer. <laughs> there's root a picture of him. Awesome. Yeah. And there's a picture of him with his uh, favorite sister. Uh and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Corbin, you gotta tweet more, man. Jeez. Uh, but... Like he's talking, Dane. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't tweet- tweeted in like how long? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what your last actual tweet was—not a retweet, but an actual tweet. <laughs> yeah, what was it? 
Uh, eh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Corbin also sent in an email and he says, Hey dudes, a great last episode. I'm currently writing this email at 3 o'clock in the morning. Wait, you gotta read his title. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blood sugar lows, dot dot dot. Like being drunk, but not. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I'm writing, I'm currently writing this email at three o'clock in the morning because my blood sugar was extremely low. That's right. I have type one diabetes. I've had it since I was 13. So it's been right at 10 years now. Oh, he's 23. You can add. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't know Corbin was that young. I thought he was older than me. But I guess he's a young buck. <laughs> Uh, but he says, um, have you guys ever had a milkshake mixed with cereal? No, I haven't. But uh, you know what tastes really good if you don't have milk? I mean, it tastes all right. If you get Frosted Flakes and you put uh, Sprite in it. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it tastes all right. It doesn't taste, <laughs> you know, good. It but, tastes all right. If you don't, it, I mean, it's a last ditch effort. <laughs> I like the milkshake idea, though. Yeah, it sounds good. But, but, uh, he, but he says, a uh, dude recommended that to me in my days at Walmart. Nice public path. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you used to work at Walmart, Corbin, or maybe you told us and I forgot. I think it's the first time I'm hearing about it, too. Yeah. So, we both so, forgot. But <laughs> so, so can you tell us what your experience was like over there? Because I'm curious to know. Because, I mean, Walmart is kind of like a big version of a mom-and-pop store. <laughs> it has a bunch of crap that you don't need, but when you do need it, they do have it. So, And sometimes they have mom-and-pops greeting you at the entrance, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, he says that, uh, yeah, um, I do recommend that recommended that to me in my days at Walmart and said he used to live off that as meals. Wow. I'm surprised he doesn't have diabetes. Um, but I could, I don't know, milkshakes and, it depends on what cereal it is. I wonder if it's just like Cheerios or Frosted Flakes or is it like with Cocoa Puffs or Count Chocula. They all have sugar in them though. I know, but see, I'm going way overboard with the Cocoa Puffs and Count Chocula because I want it to be as like <laughs> sugary and uh, because you know it's going to taste better with the more sweet it is. So. Count chocula. Count chocula with milkshakes. I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me hungry, man. I think we've got to stop this podcast because I'm hungry. And get milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, and get milkshakes. Uh, oh, wait. He said, he's he's going to say it right here. I didn't read far enough in the email. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he says, anyways, I just had classic vanilla with plain berryless Captain Crunch. It was freaking awesome. Got the recipe now. <laughs> <laughs> but he says for a new set for a new side of things. Not sure what he meant there. I think. Uh, I mean, it's regarding news like oh. Batman news and comic news stuff like right. that. <laughs> he says Jock is currently working on an on an image project with Scott Snyder called Witches. It'll be out in October. So other than movie stuff, that's what he's got going on. Dude's a beast. Yeah, we were asking that last time, like what? Yeah, the yeah, what happened to doing. Jock? Yeah, yeah. Hey, go back to Batman, though. <laughs> yeah, let's come back to Batman. Do some awesome covers again. At least covers, yeah. Yeah, but he says uh, it's the war that starts wars in the Jurassic. Oh, sorry, I gotta say it like Kyle um, Avery 
from uh, the Saga, saga <laughs> TV. I gotta hear this. You, you're listening to the uh, Star Wars <laughs> The Saga Continues podcast with Kyle Avery and Tim Jirachi. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he says, said that the best out of most other people do that. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, it's it's the war that starts wars in the Jirachi household. Who would win in a fight, Darth Vader or Green Lantern? <laughs> he is right. It would start a fight between me and my brother. I would actually uh, want, I got to ask him that to see who, because he knows I can't accept anyone beating Darth Vader. Or in the big Green Lantern van, he's going to want to pick Green Lantern. <laughs> you know what we need to do? We need to do another, like a little special, like a 10, 15 minute special. Now, Jake, Corbin, and Alex, tell me if you want this. Uh, we need to do like a 10, 15, 20 minute special and have you and your brother on and you guys can argue it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, because I know he's going to pick Hal Jordan, especially Hal Jordan, Greenlander no, over no, my Darth Vader. No, you, you say, well, Darth Vader has this and this and this and this. And then he'll say, well, Greenlander can counter that by doing this. Yeah. And this. <laughs> right. So, oh, you got to be kidding me. Is <laughs> it 10 nothing? <laughs> Four. Uh, <laughs> six away from ten. Uh, I'm depressed now again. Corbin's <laughs> yeah. uh, will hopefully cheer us up at the end. Yeah. But just for the record, Green Lantern can't beat Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, I do have a question. What five movie, movie, TV, or video game properties that aren't comics would you like to see in the comic medium? Timmy. Hmm. Time. Wow. <laughs> I just don't want that Timmy time. <laughs> Timmy time. Well, Corbin gives his in one. He first off, when he gives us the Legend of Zelda, and he says probably a series of story arcs that are told with different people in various points in time, and that's an excellent choice. That would make an awesome comic series. Zelda's my favorite video game franchise, and there are some uh, Japanese manga stories out there based on the games, which really added to some of the stories, which is pretty cool. But I think having a whole new story in a new timeline with a new Link and a new Zelda just set totally apart from the games could be cool. Or even if it is based in the same universe as one of the games, it'll it'll work. Characters in there are great. The world's great. So yeah, Zelda would definitely be a great choice. And speaking on the video game front too, I also think Final Fantasy would make some awesome comic book stories because that's probably my second favorite video game series. In particular, the Final Fantasy VII universe or Final Fantasy IV. But either one. <laughs> those are the- Have you played uh, Final Fantasy X? Yeah, that's the only one I've played. That's actually one of my favorite ones. The ending is real sad, though. Yeah, <laughs> but then <laughs> the it... sequel came out. It kind of negated that ending on an yeah. emotional level. Well, I don't think about that. Uh, <laughs> but like, spo- spoiler alert for Final Fantasy X: If you didn't beat it ten years ago, uh, that ending is real sad because <laughs> it's like, so I did all of this crap, and the guy. Uh, James Arnold Taylor was fake, <laughs> or he was a spirit. <laughs> spirit slash dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that I didn't get a happy ending, that he just faded away too, I was like, man. Yeah. Most Final Fantasy games don't end that way. Yeah, no, it was real, real downer. I was like, why did I waste my time beating this thing? It just made me depressed. <laughs> Oakland A's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, he also says uh, Inception could use some movie characters or not, just a heck of an interesting pre- premise. Uh, Jurassic Park, of course. Why don't we think of that, Tim? I know. It's, it's so obvious. I think I'm going to uh, choose uh, 
Forrest Gump, the comic book series, <laughs> and Jaws. He says uh, probably something like JP3 or the upcoming Jurassic World, where it branches out into the public. Back to the Future, uh, James Bond, and Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh, who would have thought we'd get two Walker, Texas Ranger references on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, but he, he's mentioned Back to the Future or uh, comics. That one I can't see <laughs> working too well in a comic story. It made for a good game on the PS3, uh, which is pretty cool. Continuing that story, but I don't know. I just can't see that one working in a comic. I might be wrong, but it seems to work best in when like a more just in the movie beating best, and even the game world. I can't see it as far as a reading experience. Back to the Future really working too much, but I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> Yeah, so but we are getting a Save by the Bell comic book series. If anyone <laughs> wants to continue, oh man, that, that that one person that wanted that. <laughs> I love Save by the Bell, but a comic series, I don't think I'd be continuing on with those stories. <laughs> um, for me, um, crap. Uh, oh, a- any of the Bioshock uh, video games oh, yeah, make a really good comic. Um. Clone Wars would make a great comic. <laughs> well, they have a comic. Yeah, technically. Yeah. <laughs> See, Where's I can... that now? <laughs> well, <laughs> we still got those Darth Maul comics. Oh, yeah, I guess. But... Which, have you read all of them? No, I haven't started yet. I've bought, I've bought them, but okay. yeah. I haven't started yet. So don't spoil anything for me, Tim. They were worth the wait. They were really good. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, TV? Problem is, I don't really watch that much TV. Uh... Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. That's all I can think of. Sorry, Corbin. <laughs> Dallas Pool. There you go. A fifth element comic. <laughs> fifth element. <laughs> the return of Corbin Dallas Pool. <laughs> what about a, a a Resident Evil a comic? There had to be some in the past, I would oh. think. Or a, a Silent Hill. I I, I played that freaking... Uh, what is it called? The The trailer for the new Silent Hill game? <laughs> you watch that over and over. No, no, you play it. Oh, you play the trailer. Yeah, you play the trailer. <laughs> like, like you actually control the guy. Uh, that's different. <laughs> that freaking game is so scary. <laughs> it is so scary. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, any, anything else, Tim? No, uh, no, not for me. <laughs> I uh, was. Nah, never mind. <laughs> a letdown. Letting yeah. Corbin down. I gave him my choices. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> Corbin uh, added a PS. He says, "Don't you dare back talk Taco Bell." We, we weren't. Taco Bell has saved lives. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it saved my life. I'll say that. It's yeah. Taco Bell is awesome for the moment. It's afterwards where it's not so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just afterwards. <laughs> When you spend 20 minutes on a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's not go into too much specifics here. (laughs) In a KFC on the side of the highway. All right? That's the part that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a story I haven't heard from you, Dane. (laughs) No, that's not a story. I just said that. (laughs) I'm sure it's somebody's story. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, well, it's actually funny because I did eat Taco Bell with. Uh, well, this is when my girlfriend and I started uh, first started going out, and uh, y- you know when you don't want to uh, 
use the bathroom in front of the other person mm-hmm. <laughs> because like you just you guys you know y- y- you want to like make like you're cool or whatever <laughs> so like <laughs> i've eaten taco bell before we went to a mall and then uh we got on the free uh, or we did our shopping or whatever and then we got in our car again and we went on the freeway and there was a crap ton of traffic and I had to go really bad. <laughs> so what happened was uh, I had a friend that lived in the area or the next uh, off ramp. Uh-huh. So uh, I was just like, uh, you know, what? You, you can drop me off in my friend's house. You know, I, I'm cool. I mean, I, I was going to hang out with him after we were done here. So th- thankfully, uh, it got played off. Very, very nicely. You were smooth with it. I was smooth. Smooth moves. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> like, we've been uh, uh, going out for, or we've been together for 11 years now. And, like, five or six years or whatever into the relationship. Like, I totally forgot about that. And then, like, I told her about it. Like, oh, like, you remember when you dropped me off? Remember when we went shopping, went on the freeway, and then I told you to drop me off at my friend's house? Yeah, like, I had to use the bathroom. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, why didn't you just tell me? You know, I, I could have pulled off anywhere, and you could have used, used the bathroom. You didn't have to stay there and call somebody for another ride. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> at least the relationship continued after that. <laughs> yeah. Still going strong, by the way. <laughs> uh, he says, um, "Those guys know what what's up. Appreciate and respect what they have made. <laughs> Incredible food. That is. I'm not calling you guys jerks because you're not. I love you guys. You just need to rethink your decisions. Like <laughs> and choice and great food for low cost. You know what, Alex? You made a great point. Corbin. Oh." <laughs> See that's how much I <laughs> that's how much I care. I forget your name. No, no, we love you. We love you, Corbin. Um, but Corbin, you do make a great point. It's great food for a really low price. Yes, it is good when you're uh, need to pinch some pennies, but <laughs> don't yeah. have to go to the house. And he says, "Okay, okay, I love you guys. Try Taco Bell again. Do it for me." You'll thank me later. No, we won't. <laughs> well, thank you now, but then regret it later. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you now, but we'll regret it in 35 minutes. Don't worry, Corbin. I think I'll probably have Taco Bell this weekend as a recording. <laughs> Definitely by our next episode, I would have had Taco Bell. My usual four tacos with either a cinnamon twist or nachos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Corbin, for your email. We love you as always. Hopefully, you got your insulin good and stuff. You know. Karen, how, how, how do you take insulin? <laughs> well, what's that? How do you take insulin? You shoot it, right? You uh, through a needle, right? That's what I've uh, seen before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but we uh, we love you, Corbin. So thank you for sending in an email. But we also got an email from uh, Jake, and Jake says, uh, <laughs> or, "Well, I mean, f- first off, what happened to you, Jake?" I mean, did you just like f- fall off the face of the earth and find your way back up? <laughs> like, what happened to you, man? 
He knew but he had any... to send us an email. That's what got him back oh. to the face of the earth again. I must send the Batman <laughs> another email. <laughs> but he says, uh, good day, guys. <laughs> you got to say that with the British accent because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't want to offend an entire country. <laughs> <laughs> good day, guys. <laughs> he says, after listening to the podcast, the last podcast, I started thinking, what if there was a Justice League podcast network? with podcasts with all the main members. If you guys were part of that network and Dustin had dibs on Batman, which members would you guys cover? Well, I think yours is obvious, Dane. <laughs> Who would mine be? Oh, the Plastic Man podcast. <laughs> yeah, Plastic Man or or Batwoman. But I don't but she's read that. She's not part of the Justice League, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well... Technically, Plastic Man isn't either. I think he was at one point, though. Well, he's not now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I don't think he is either. That's why you got to encompass past Justice League teams. <laughs> yeah. What a wide range of characters to choose from. So who would you pick? Uh, hands down, Green Lantern. <laughs> my next favorite member after that. It's Batman. an obvious choice. Yes. So there could be a podcast my brother can join us on. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, he says he has uh, two more questions for us. When Kevin Conroy calls it quits, who would you like to take over Batman's voice? I like Bruce Greenwood and the work he did in Under the Red Hood and Young Justice. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Jake on that one. Bruce Greenwood is probably been one of my more recent favorites after Kevin Conway for anyone to do Batman. Yeah. He's been really good. I mean, Diedrich Bader was good as for Brave and the Bold for that type of show, but I guess for more serious stuff as Batman, uh, Bruce Greenwood probably is better, but I don't want to shell, or sell Diedrich Bader short because he did awesome in the Chill of the Night episode for a more serious storyline. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with uh, Bruce Greenwood, but uh, his second question is do you guys have a favorite song that when you hear it as a music video containing your favorite characters start to play in your head? For example, mine is Meet the Monster by Five Finger Death Punch, and the singer is the Joker talking to <laughs> Batman with video from all the Arkham games. Uh, that's something I've never really thought of before <laughs> with music and tie in with certain characters. I can't say that I really do. Just pick a random three-level song. I will say this. When I listen to uh, bands that have like, a lot of screaming in it, like Linkin Park or Deftones, it does remind me of uh, Dragon Ball Z when characters like Goku and Vegeta are charging up and they're just yelling and screaming out <laughs> on ties. I guess I could make that comparison, but not with actual type of someone's voice or lyrics in a song. That usually doesn't pop into my head as far as comparing it to a certain character. So I'll just go with loud screaming in Dragon Ball Z characters. Yeah, for me, for me, it has to be. Hmm. What should I pick, Tim? Just like a random Cherry baby. <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, how about pick a Beatles song? No, not a Beatles song. Uh, I'm going to pick. Uh, Psycho Killer. From the Talking Heads, and who is the singer? I am going to say KG Beast is the <laughs> singer, and uh, uh, Plastic Man is on drums. <laughs> and uh, who who's on keyboards? Uh, Amanda Waller's on keyboards. 
It's the Suicide Squad band. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible band, by the way. Uh, if if that were to happen, but uh, yeah, he says the last thing he says. Thanks and keep up the good work. Thank you for emailing us finally, Jake. We miss your emails, man. So send more, man, because yeah. we love you. We had the trinity of emails for this episode, which is awesome. Yeah, all three it, of them sent them. So so who's Batman? Let's say Alex is Batman. Since he was the first. <laughs> yeah. Corbin is probably Wonder Woman. <laughs> and Jake is Green Lantern because uh, uh, Green Lantern's out of the Justice League for now. Yeah, but we said the Trinity. Green Lantern's not part of the Trinity. It's Superman, Batman, and Well, Wonder. Green Lantern would be the fourth well, member. Well, Jake can't be Superman because he, he, he can't beat up all the other guys. So, <laughs> How do you know that? Oh, yeah. He could be like a bodybuilder or (laughs) MMA fighter or something. We we just don't know. We don't know, Jake. Jake could be a, you know, a seventh degree black belt in uh, Aikido (laughs) or something, you know? Or uh, he could actually be Superman. You just never know. (laughs) Yeah, so so Jake, you're Superman, all right? Uh, But thank you, all three of you. We love you guys. Just remember, we love you guys. We love reading your emails. Keep sending them in. And uh, we can finally move on to our comic book reviews, right, Tim? Yes, we can. Unless you Unless want to you check uh, Oakland score one more time. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm already depressed. I'm already very depressed. And season is over. Season is over. Season is not over. You'll be in the playoffs, unlike the Yankees, whose their season is over. <laughs> so what if they lose the wild card? Then what? Then your season is over, and it was real disappointing. <laughs> exactly. Giving away a five-tool player for a guy that you're going to have for a couple of months. And not even go far in the playoffs. Not even go far in the play- playoffs. And get stuck with Johnny Gomes for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> the guy reminds me of a beaver. <laughs> this is like his hair and his, his beard. This I don't know if he's, yeah, I don't know if he still has his beard. I'm sure he does. Unless he's on the Yankees, he's got. He's yeah. <laughs> it's just like uh, Derek Norris's mullet yeah. <laughs> his beard. Did you ever see that picture of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should see there's a uh, there's a gif or is it a gif? It's a gif, it's a GIF. of um, of Derek Norris in the dugout, and this is when he had long hair before he cut it into the mullet, and like he's looking down, and like the wind is blowing in his hair, and it's. <laughs> It's just something on the bottom that's really funny, but it's, <laughs> he looks like a male model in that picture. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, this uh, this part of the podcast is very, very spoilery, so if you haven't read your comic books yet, you might want to come back to this part later. Uh, but for this episode, we have uh, August 20th and August 27th. So for August 20th, we have one book. Batman and Robin, number 34. And for August 27th, we also have one book. Technically two, but one. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, the Batman Eternal Recap, issues 20 and 21. So, Tim, I, did, I, I couldn't get my books, uh, I mean, in time for this uh, for this podcast, so I didn't read any of them. I got you covered. <laughs> uh, I was just busy this week, man. And I am exhausted now. <laughs> but anyway, um, August twentieth, uh, Batman Robin number thirty-four. What do you? What did you think about this? Oh wait, but first, our rating scale is going to be uh, 
Uh, Johnny Gomes Beavers. <laughs> Johnny Gomes Beavers. <laughs> no, no. Uh, how about uh, we we uh, we? Our rating scale is going to be Derek Norris mullet. <laughs> mullets. All right. Just Derek Norris mullets. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Three words. <laughs> okay. Batman and Robin number thirty-four. This one I'm kind of mixed on. <laughs> it had it was pretty much it was a good issue, but there was something in there that kept. Uh, nagging at me that kept it from being really good because basically it's Bruce with Jason, Tim and Barbara kind of making amends for them with what happened with Death of the Family and the Joker and keeping secrets and this is, that's pretty much he's trying to make peace with them and they accept it Like he's saying things like from now on I'm going to be truthful with you guys no more secrets, I should have told you about the Joker being here from the beginning and he tells them their whole plan his whole plan about Damien trying to bring him back and has he has to go to Apocalypse uh, to get Damien's body and what he needs to try to resurrect him. And they're all, okay, cool, yeah, we're ready to go with you. Which I kind of thought at first that's what Bruce was doing, where he was, the Justice League wouldn't help him, so he's going to turn to his family to help get Damien back. But instead he tells him, no, you're not coming, This I have to do this alone, you need to be here for Gotham, protect the city if I don't come back, so I just want to make sure things are set right between us before I go. And to know that I could trust you guys and all that. And all that was great. But here's the problem. He's saying he's going to be truthful with them. Things are going to be different now from now here on out. He's going to be honest with all his member of his team. But then you got the whole thing with him lying to them about Dick Grayson being dead. <laughs> and how he's still alive. Part of Spiral as a secret agent. And that just kind of, it killed it for me really. Because I really like what Bruce was saying. And I kind of hope that... That's was going to be the new way he's going to operate with the members of the Bat family and be on the same page and not keeping secrets. And it's like, to me personally, I don't think that puts paints Bruce in a like nice light. It doesn't put him in a nice light where, because you know he's lying when you're reading all this. It seems so sincere. And you could say that's something Batman's done a lot, but I just think this is eventually going to lead to another story point that we've seen before, like in Death of the Family, where... Eventually, everyone's going to find out that Dick's alive, and then they're going to hate Bruce again, and it's going to be, oh, we'll never trust you, and all that. So I just fear down the line we're going to get some retreads of this story point here and stuff we've, uh, familiar things that we've seen in previous issues before. So that's kind of what I didn't like about it. And then what topped it off while I was thinking about, oh, but Dick Grayson's still alive, so I know he's lying. Dick Grayson actually shows up later in the issue as everyone leaves. He pops down from the ceiling of the Batcave. I kind of like the the response Bruce gave him. He just says, I heard your stomach growl. Do you want a sandwich? And he's just like, sure. And you see Dick Grayson pop down. So I was like, uh, that just really drives home the point why I didn't like it. He's seeing Dick right there and seeing the secret that him and Bruce have to keep. I just, uh, so this sit well with me still. But I did like the conversation they had where um, Batman kind of asked Dick to make him a promise that if he doesn't come back, that he'd take on the cow as Batman again. Because Bruce actually tells him, you wore it well. They didn't actually say, but he, they kind of hinted at that, where if anything happens to him, Dick will come back as Batman. Maybe that will be a future story point where they find out Dick's alive. Who knows? But yeah, that just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with Batman telling everyone he's being truthful, but in the end, he's still keeping a big lie from them. A real big one, more so than the Joker one. So you just know down the line it's going to have bad repercussions. But then the last half of the issue is uh, Batman and Dick kind of causing some distractions for the Justice League members to take him out of the watchtower so he can get his suit out of there to travel to Apocalypse. That was pretty cool. And it, but I really like the interaction that Batman and Luthor have, have been having since Luthor joined the Justice League. 
they just have some great interaction and dialogue to each other because like they're two of the smartest people on earth and just to see them go at it and sometimes show respect to each other is pretty cool so Luzor actually helps Batman escape the Watchtower with that suit without the Justice League following him to Apocalypse which is pretty cool and kind of giving him some uh, more enhancements with his suit and stuff that it can do and more improvements that he's made to it so I kind of like the Luzor and Batman dynamic there so the issue ends with the Justice League realizing that they were set up because they were just fighting like some hologram images of their villains. They return to the Watchtower, but Bruce is gone before they get there. And the last page is a really, really cool panel with Bruce in that cool suit with these gigantic bat wings just descending onto the fiery pits of Apocalypse. So like I said, this issue overall was good, but I'm going to knock some points off it because that whole Dick Grayson lie that's going on, you know it's going to come back and haunt them. So... This issue might have been a four, but I'm going to knock it down to a three out of five. Uh, see, I'm already blanking on <laughs> the rating scale. I was going to say Johnny Gone Beaver. That wasn't it. It was Derek Norris. Derek Norris. Mullet. Mullet. There you go. I blanked on the name. Sorry, I'm not too familiar <laughs> with the Oakland players. Derek Nor- three out of five Derek Norris mullets out of this issue. How do you, how, how do you not know somebody with such great hair and beard? <laughs> I know, shame on me. I always <laughs> thought Coco Chris was the one with the best hair on that team. <laughs> oh yeah, that giant out. It's it's too bad. Like he puts it in the uh, cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you would just go go ahead with that full mullet. I mean the the full uh, afro. Yeah. And <laughs> especially it's funny when you see see him with a hat on. <laughs> yeah, he just puts it right on top. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, Batman and Robin a little disappointed. Uh, all right, so uh, Batman Eternal then. Batman Eternal issues 20 and 21. Yeah, things are really heating up in the storyline, more so in issue 21. But with issue 20, this one was kind of wrapping up certain uh, story points and story threads before it gets to the big reveal in issue 21. And this one I felt was jumping back and forth a little too much from the different stories because it starts off with uh, you got Batgirl, Batwoman, and Jason Todd chasing over um, the guy who framed or cause Gordon to see that person with the gun and cause that whole subway accident. Barbara's chasing him, but then right away it turns back to Batman, Croc, and Bard uh, taking on those interdimensional beings, trying to sacrifice that girl Croc is trying to save to open the portal. And then it also goes back to uh, the breakout in uh, Stonegate with Gordon, and then you got Falcone and Penguin's men trying to cause a ruckus and get each of their mob bosses out of there in exchange for some police sausages. So just like one page you get Batman and Croc. You turn the next page, it's Gordon in uh, Blackgate. The next page, you get uh, Barbara and uh, Jason Todd against that uh, CM Blake on that guy's name now, <laughs> that mind control guy who framed Gordon. So it just kept going back and forth a little too much for me. So, like, I wish it focused a little bit on one or two st- main story points, but this felt like it was trying to wrap certain things up as quickly as it can. So it turns out on the Batgirl front, the guy she was chasing ends up getting killed by some a mysterious assailant who we don't see, but uh, the sword looks familiar that will come into play later that Batman recognizes. So Barbara needed this person alive so he can explain that Gordon was innocent, but turns out he had a flash drive that had all the information they needed to show that Gordon's innocent, which Jason Todd is able to salvage. So that wraps up their story. And of course, Gordon, I mean, Batman, Croc, and Bard, they're able to save that girl and make it out of the underground sewers, but, uh, there was a pretty funny moment where Bat Bars tries to take in Croc and was like, Really? Like you serious? Like, come on, <laughs> you're not taking me in. And he's entrusts Batman with that girl that he saved and he just crumbles the 
the surrounding walls of the rocks fall apart and to separate him from Bard and Batman. So that takes care of that storyline. And then Gordon does what he does in Blackgate to free the hostages from Penguin and Falcone's men. But he gets some help by another mob boss who is actually uh, Falcone's mentor in his younger days called the Lion, who's someone I never really heard of before, but he has this lion tattoo on his chest and he has these uh, fangs <laughs> that put, he puts in his mouth. They show it and he just bites up the other inmates and actually saves Gordon when he gets knocked out. So... There was that. That's how that story gets wrapped up. And then at the end, we get probably one of the better moments of this issue where Stephanie Brown finally puts on the mask and goes out as a spoiler. That's the last page where she's in full costume as a spoiler. And her costume is pretty much how it is pre-New 52. And it was a cool costume, so (laughs) glad they pretty much kept it the same. So this issue was okay. It wrapped up certain story elements and threads. But like I said, I just felt it was way too fast-paced and jumping from like point A to point B to point C to point D <laughs> a little too quickly as you turn the page. So this one, I'm just going to give three out of five Derek Norris mullets. But it did pave the way for a bunch of big reveals in issue 21. And this one, there was a lot of cool stuff in here. And I will say a lot of cool stuff, but also one disappointing thing, which I'll get to at the end. This issue starts where Bard is actually about to be named commissioner and him and Vicky Vale. Hey, yeah. Before you, you uh, reveal the big letdown thing. Okay. Was it because it didn't have any Derek Norris mullet? <laughs> Darn it. How did you know? <laughs> they bring back a certain character and he did not have a mullet. That's what it was. <laughs> but the, I was saying Bard is going to be made commissioner, but he has some things to take care of and, one of those things is that uh, Car- Carmine Falcone is being let out of uh, Blackgate. And, uh... <laughs> sorry, I had to clear my throat real there for a second. Jeez, Tim, are you dying? Uh, yes. Are I'm we going to capture a live death? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the most downloaded Bad Fans podcast ever, the death of Tim. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess your brother... One of your brothers would have to turn off the recording and send me the file <laughs> because I can't get it. That's a good point, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, that'll be my last words. Send this to Dane. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, before I was dying, <laughs> Falcone's being released, but there was a cool moment here that before he goes, the warden of Blackgate hooks this, uh, ho- puts a hook on his belt, and it's... Batman pulls him up for it as right. I was like walking away from the prison, and Batman pretty much just punches him right away. So it's like, You lied to me about the whole thing with uh, Gordon and the frame up. And he tells him, because that's where the sword comes into play. He knows that it's like a ceremonial knife that's been tied uh, to the person who was controlling Gordon's mind. And that he's also tied into how it is. Uh, Falcone had ties, and before he came back to Gotham, he was having this criminal empire in Hong Kong. That's how he knew it was going to be him behind it. But it turns out Batman has that flash drive, and he tells that to Falcone, but then he's all like, you really have no clue who's behind this. And like, I, re- I don't even know who's really behind it, but it's not who you think it is. And like, you have no idea what's going to happen. So it's oh, one of those things where like, yeah, you think you have it all figured out, but you don't. And then we also get Batman confronting Bard as before he gets promoted to the commissioner. And Bullock also has a nice moment with Bard. Kind of tells, I like the line he says, you don't have to fill Gordon's shoes. You just have to make your own pair of shoes. Like, don't try to live up to his reputation. Do what you got to do. But Batman's still there and he says, I, you can't, I still don't trust you just yet, but 
here's the evidence I have on Gordon in this flash drive to kind of set him free and to show that he was innocent. And by the way, I like that flash drive Batman had. Just the thumb drive with a bad signal on there, which is pretty cool. But here's where the big stuff happens. Alfred's talking to his daughter. They're trying to make things right. Alfred tries to explain like why he couldn't be there for her. Pretty much trying to tell her his secret about him and uh, caring for Bruce as a kid and that he's Batman and all that stuff. But the alarm gets set off, and uh, Gordon t- or Gordon Alfred takes his daughter into a safe a safe room and he just knocks her out and then he takes her gun. And I like, kind of like the line he says, because you know me and Alfred having guns in, in the house and using guns and all that. He says, uh, I'm trying to think of the right, like, like, Master Bruce, like, he would like not approve of me u- using firearms, but I'm afraid when he's not home right now. So when I have to protect Wayne Manor, I'm not afraid to use one. It kind of starts referring to all the trainings that he had in the past. But it's not good enough because the assailant sneaks up from behind, knocks the gun out, and then Alfred's in shock of who it is. And it turns out that it's Hush. Hush has made his appearance in the New 52. And he does something pretty <laughs> gruesome to Alfred. He has a needle of Scarecrow's fear toxin. And instead of just putting it in his arm or something, he sticks it right into his head, like just jams it in there, and you see blood coming out of it. It's like, oh man, getting gasped with the Scarecrow toxin is bad enough, but having it jammed in your head is worse enough. Like, I hated seeing Alfred being put in that position. So I think that was a big reveal for a lot of people, that Hush. So far, he looks like he might be the main person behind this whole setup. But that's not the big return of a character I was excited about. At the end, Bard is going to a prison to issue somebody else's release. And at first, you don't know who it is. But then we see the next panel, and he tells this criminal that we need an architect. And then we see the Alfred the outfit of the architect from the Gates of Gotham storyline, which if you remember going back to our Gotham Knights Online podcast, (laughs) we were talking about those stories. I love the architect villain. His costume design was awesome. He had a pretty cool backstory. Then we never really heard from him again. But I'm so excited that he's becoming back now. We'll see if it's in a big capacity or if it's just a small part. But I'm just excited that we're going to see him again because I think he had the potential to be a pretty cool Batman villain. So that was really cool. I love that. But here's the disappointing part for me. It turns out what you could kind of suspect, but it's sent obvious that I hope they wouldn't do it, but Bard is pretty much playing everybody. He's a villain in this too. He's in league with Hush, and they have something planned for the city, and everything that he's done, trying to be like the next Gordon and the next best cop Gotham City has seen, has all been a ruse just to, just to take over the city. At least that's what it looks like their plan is, because that's the last thing he says to Hush, who he's calling Mother. I guess that's his code name. He says, Gotham belongs to us now, and he crushes the thumb drive that Batman gave him that would save Gordon. So, kind of disappointed that Bard ends up turning to a villain. I thought he could have been a new, good ally character in the Batman universe. If anything did happen to Gordon in the story, he could have been a good replacement for him, but it turns out that's not the case. I just felt like a little too generic storytelling, where the guy you thought was too good to be true is really the case where he's not really a good guy. So I was disappointed with that. But overall, a lot of cool moments in this issue. I love the reveal of the architect, like I said. Batman had a cool moment with Falcone. Seeing Hush return and doing what he did to Alfred was just brutal. So all this stuff made for a pretty intense uh, edge-of-your-seat comic book reading. And we're going back to the surprises stuff we were talking about in our future topic. Maybe not on some of the level I had with those issues I mentioned, but there were some surprises in there, like with Hush doing that to Alfred and then getting the surprise of the architect, which I had no inkling that he was going to be coming back into the Batman universe. So 
I'm going to give this issue four out of five Derek Norris mullets. So Batman Eternals definitely starting a new uh, turning point in its story. So a bunch of new stuff's going to be happening in the upcoming issues, which it made me excited for. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, you want to hear something even more disappointing? Ten nothing, Angel. <laughs> uh, no, the, the A's lost uh, four nothing. It's their uh, first losing month since May 2012. Wow, well, that's a pretty good run, though. And uh, it's the uh, first time that the a- the A's have trailed by um, more than three two games since um, August August of last year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In, in fact, that's to the day, good to the bad. day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually to the day, August 29th, 2013. Yeah, but you got this. They won the division that last year, so <laughs> they can still turn it around. But this is a series they have to win, and now that's out the window. <laughs> no, they they just have to have a stellar September. Yeah. <laughs> because. If not, the season is over. But anyway. Well, I'm sorry the podcast didn't get better for you at the end with Oakland coming back and winning. Because <laughs> it started out with you concerned, but now it ended badly. Yeah, it's called run support. <laughs> Please, run support. But anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening. This is the end of the podcast, unfortunately. I know you guys like hearing Tim's voice in your head all day, but unfortunately this is the end of the podcast. And <laughs> Uh, no, that's true because I highly doubt it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you know we love you, and we hope that you love us. So uh, if you're ever feeling lonely, just remember that Tim and Dane love you. Right, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> right, <My> boss. <laughs> <laughs> but we just want to remind you: uh, you can go over to Tweaked Audio to get some headphones if you need some, and when you check out with your with your headphones. You can enter the promo code TBUSAVES and you can get 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping with that. So uh, we also want to remind you to go over to the BatmanUniverse.net and check out all, all the articles and all the other Batman Universe podcasts on there. Um, and uh, you can also check out the uh, Facebook page at facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse or on Twitter and Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse and you can follow us on Twitter, and Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. That's not the right <laughs> Twitter handle. <laughs> no, no, because I have to say it like that because people are going to think that it's at TimG311, right? Which is correct. Yeah, but they're going to spell it out T H R E E E L E E E N. Well, I guess you're looking out for me, so yeah. So, <laughs> so those are all numbers, by the way. So it's at Tim G three one one. What if they actually type in three, spell out three, and then spell out one twice? <laughs> yeah. um, and you can follow me if you, if you need another follower on Twitter. I mean, because because I don't really tweet at all. Uh, you can follow me at uh at dean says banana and i will follow you back to to up your uh follower follower your follower count follower. <laughs> yeah count so so you can be all popular and stuff or you can give the illusion that you're popular <laughs> like um, i do with my follower <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also find us on itunes and please rate and review us on itunes and all the other batman universe podcasts uh because 
we're still at an odd number and the world feels like it's tipping it's <laughs> it's on it's on it it's on its side right now so we need to rebalance the earth okay so 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 please if you can just give us that 12th itunes review so uh so we can feel better about ourselves right tim Got to make the world an even place again. <laughs> All based on one review. <laughs> and, and if you would like to send us an email, like Alex, Corbin, and Jake, uh, you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page. Facebook page, fan page? Either or. I think it's uh, the correct form of this Facebook page. <laughs> oh, okay. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. So with that, we love you, everybody. Uh, we love you very, very much. And if you're ever feeling alone in this world, just know that two people who whom you've never met love you. <laughs> but, have <Right> Tim. <laughs> but have heard. Love you. Right, Tim? As always. Yes. So you're never alone. Right? Never alone in this cruel world. When it has life has you down, you got me and Dane here to pick you back up. So who's gonna pick me up? I'm <laughs> in a deep depression right now. Well, I got I got our listeners back and I got your back, Dane. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm just disappointed. But with that, we love you guys. We'll see you guys next time. All right. So goodbye, everybody. Adios. Man, that is score. <laughs> that is freaking score, man. You're not gonna sleep tonight. Are you? Hey, no, I'm just gonna hey, sleep. It's been like this for like the last two weeks, though. Uh, it's been like a shake. <laughs> Watch. Well, at least you did. You never had a shot. Okay. Strong